Welcome to another week of Beach Catholic Podcast. My name is Sean Greeley. I will be the host for today's show. Our other host, Lorenz Zaragoza, is out this week, but we do have another guest for you. Before we introduce him, let's go to you, Father Brian. How are you doing this week? Hey, Sean. Doing all right. Um, yeah, things, things are going relatively okay. Hey, relatively is the word of the day every day at this point. I so um, I think it's, I think it's uh, more you know, continuing to uh, weigh down on everybody, this whole quarantine, but hopefully we'll be able to get by it sooner than later. Um, and before we get into our topic for today, just want to introduce our other guest that we have on. Uh, his name is Michael Griffin, and he's the director of the Religious Ed Program down at St. Mary of the Isle. Mike, how are you doing today? Hey, Sean. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, Father Brian's hair is looking good. It's, uh, I think he's going to be able to maybe put some dreads into that, into that hair. <laughs> At some point, it's getting so long. He's, I think he's using some product now, too, so he, uh, he looks real good. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I swear, everybody, everybody's hurting on the haircut front. Um, New York is not a haircut state. I heard something today that that's what the next civil war is going to be fought over, the haircut states and the non-haircut states. <laughs> um, so hopefully New York gets there sooner than later. So uh, before we get started... Uh, you'll notice that today is not a live streamed podcast. Uh, we have started to pre-record the podcast due to some technical difficulties that we were facing in the past, but they'll still be posted um, on St. Mary's Facebook page and on its TV online TV channel. You can reach those and view all productions by St. Mary of the Isle and Beach Catholic at beachcatholic.com slash TV or facebook.com slash St. Mary of the Isle. So, Let's get into the topic today. Father Brian, um, we know that today, this week's gospel on Sunday was from uh, John chapter 14, and it had a lot to do with the Holy Spirit, and then you kind of preached on that this week. Um, do you want to touch on what your, what your homily kind of went into? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, this past weekend, the next couple, and then uh, let's see, we got, we got this, this weekend coming, and then, and then we got Pentecost. Um, and, uh, you know, they're all ultimately the kind of the culmination with the Holy Spirit talk is certainly Pentecost. But even these weeks prior, there's just a, you get uh, Jesus speaking about kind of this coming, he calls it this advocate, this helper, um, there's different, you know, translations. But basically this, this presence or this force, which is going to be there for us 
after he goes. I mean, it's we got Ascension Thursday, like I said. So it's sort of this whole kind of, I think this kind of experience of getting us ready uh, for life without Jesus here kind of in the flesh. Um, God continues to remain present, uh, but just in a, in a different way. I think what I what I was trying to talk a little bit about last week was maybe gave a, a couple of examples of how um, how this Holy Spirit, this advocate works and like the ways in which the Spirit just uh, kind of moves us to do God's work. Um, the example from scripture was uh, the Acts of the Apostles, early church, and uh, Philip, one of the apostles, it says that he went to Samaria and pretty much just won these people over. And um, which, you know, you, we hear that. And if you don't have much of a sense of, you know, the history then and there and the geography, it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, like, so what? But, you know, I think most of us know this much that the Samaritans and, and the Jews were not close. They were not friends at all. So the, uh, and, and it was hostile between the two. So the, the prospect of Philip going into this hostile territory and winning these people over in the name of Christ to the point where they uh, they did a they did a 180 and they literally were baptized. Um, like, what causes that? I mean, I gave a couple of examples, secular examples, where people went in and like turned companies around, dying companies that were kind of like on life support. Um, and an individual comes in and just has a vision that inspires people. And there was, you know, a turnaround. Uh, and I talked about the, the character from a dead poet society, the Robin Williams character, kind of same thing. This English teacher who goes into this territory in a sense, this classroom, a bunch of high school boys who could care less about literature, poetry. And in the course of this school year in the course of the film, he just inspires them, like these gifts that he, he's he got, I would say, that come from the Holy Spirit. Uh, the CEO of a, of, a, you know, of a dying company who comes in and, and, and turns around. It's like, whatever those gifts were, I'd say so often, most of the time, arguably all of the time, like you trace it back to some quality or qualities or gifts ultimately came from God and these people use them for good. Um, you know, and it's just, so like when we're, when we're at our best in life, I think you can see like Holy Spirit fingerprints all over it. Absolutely. I think, I, sorry. I think uh, how Father Brian, you know, I, I watched your, your mass uh, this Sunday and, the advocate, I think that word is so powerful, like in, like thinking of the Holy Spirit as an advocate. Um, and I was doing a little kind of research just in like a little extra time that we have now during this quarantine on like, what does advocate actually mean? And when it was written, like it literally means like to call to one side, uh, someone who stands by your side. And the Holy Spirit is always at your side. And I think those examples that you used, Father, were uh, just examples of leaders who supported people, who stood by their side and who were there, um, used the gifts of the spirit um, to just support the people around them and bring those companies, whatever the company would be um, around. Um, so I definitely saw like in your homily that, that just image of someone 
supporting, literally, you know, supporting the people around them to bring the best out of them for sure. Yeah, I want to, let's key in on that word advocate for a second. Um, I, I, you know, when I hear the word advocate, I think of advocating for somebody kind of like Mike was saying, going to bat for them, you know, um, being there to stand by their side and, and support them. Um, Father Brian, what, what does it mean for a Christian to have the Holy Spirit as an advocate? I don't know. I mean, does it mean in a way like, um, you know, sometimes, uh, like, like, look at like an artist, say, um, you know, a great painter or a musician or a songwriter, um, and they create something that's beautiful, like that's just becomes beloved. And uh, it's interesting. I think a lot of times, like, if, you, if if the person, if the artist is asked about the song they wrote, I'm curious. I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested to see uh, hear about their response. Whether it's sort of thank you for the nice words and sort of like, yeah, well, I was the author of it all. I was the architect and I'm the reason it happened, uh, which I guess nobody would ever be that arrogant, but like in a subtle way, sometimes you, you get that from the, the, their response is kind of like, you know, like, yeah, like what I did was awesome. And it's kind of because of me. And then other times you'll just hear it. Uh, they'll respond and you kind of see like, you hear like humility uh, through, throughout it. And, and what I mean there is like the, the artist is just, is giving credit. Um, they don't take the credit. Uh, they'd be like, yeah, okay. You know, they're not denying that they wrote the song or they, they you know, directed the, the movie or whatever, but they just say, yeah, but whatever the things that were needed to make that ultimately something beautiful and true and great, that really didn't come from me. Like it, it really did come from God. And a lot of times they just leave it at that. Um, you know, I used to get, you know, like you're watching a, uh, the end of a college football game or whatever, some event where, uh, you know, the guy, the star of the game is interviewed on the sidelines and, you know, he picked off a couple of passes and ran one of them back for a touchdown. And ultimately is the hero of the game and he's asked about it and, before he answers the question, he says something about Jesus. Um, you know, it's like the question had nothing to do with Jesus. It was something about the play. And but clearly this person is trying to make a statement. And in all honesty, it used to kind of like irritate me a little bit. It was part of it was almost like, all right, like, do we need to have all the Jesus talk here and now? Like we're talking about the game, but I've, I've come to kind of rethink that. Like, I think what that person is saying is, yeah, I, I picked off the pass, you know, I, I, I threw the no hitter, whatever it is, you know, but none of this happens without God. And that plays out in a thousand ways. Maybe it was your, your father who taught you how to throw a baseball, you know, 20 years before and his presence in your life and his commitment to you. And objective, you know, God-given just talent. Like, that's why I'm being interviewed after this game. You know, yeah, I threw the no-hitter, but without these people and without the, the genes that were sent my way, I'm not even, you're not even caring about me. So that, I don't know, I kind of just see that a little different now. I think what they're trying to say is not that so much that they're looking to talk about the gospel at that moment on the sidelines. But I think they are saying, 
God's the reason for this moment. God's the reason for the, for the goods that I have. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like theologically, or you, you play them out, and it's, yeah, it's these, what we believe to be these gifts of the Spirit and kind of just different elements of greatness and, and truth and holiness that, we, that are there for the taking, you know? And I think, I don't know, I think with, with Pentecost coming, and again, even like these, these coming weeks, it's uh, the, the more aware we are of, I think there's, just, there's a, a nice, re, an important relationship between like awareness of God and humility. The more humble we are, the more we recognize God and, and give God credit. I think you said also in your homily, Father, uh, you know, just encouraging people to be like Philip, to go out and and to mention God in their lives. Like they're all about, you know, Sunday and uh, their kid's soccer game uh, or, their, or their kid's baseball game. But um, are they about Sunday? Are they about God? And I think your point of like the sports players and athletes at the end of the game saying, you know, uh, I give all glory to God first. At first, I agree. I, like when I would see that, I was like, do we really need to mention that right now? But I think your point of like, they are doing exactly kind of what you're challenging other people to do. Like, and I say that to, you know, students and whether it's uh, teaching high school kids or with, with the middle school kids uh, in our program, uh, there's so many examples of athletes who you would think are like, you know, to the kids, the coolest people around the coolest, and you want know, to emulate that, that athlete. And uh, you know, when you see an athlete do the right thing or when you see an athlete go a step further as Catholics and mention Jesus by name, uh, it's just such a great example of being like Philip uh, in that first reading from this past Sunday. Well, and I, and I think, you know, this, this is like he, during these miserable weeks, you know, with this virus, uh, even being on the lookout for that and, and, and not having, I think, to look too far where you, People are, I mean, this again, this happened after 9-11, uh, in the weeks after 9-11, clearly people ran to God because they were scared to death. And this was different in that it was a more of a prolonged, ongoing thing. But the, I'm just hearing it and, and, and seeing it in different ways where there's, you know, one of the, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is courage. Um, so like when we act in a in courageous ways, and again, there's a, there's a million ways to be courageous, but to be like religiously courageous, say, where you, you know, like, like you mentioned kids in your high school where you work, um, you know, where you get that, where you get that kid who's got um, a lot of stock where he's just, he or she is sort of liked and respected and, you know, popular and they're kind of high profile people. And when you, when you meet that kid who is also, faithful and kind of unapologetically faithful they just bring people along with them because they're leaders because i think they've got these you know these these holy spirit gifts are just particularly made manifest in them if they're able to just if they're god connected it just it becomes this you know we've been doing we've been doing here uh these house blessings uh during you know, this Corona days. Um, and we put out word online if anybody wanted to have their houses, houses blessed. And we had a great response with 50, 60 people, I think, that we've, houses we've already blessed. And it was a, uh, a couple of times, it was just a cool experience because, particularly cool because we were, I'd ring the bell 
and we weren't going to go in the house, you know, for obvious reasons. We explained that. So we we're going to be on the, on the sidewalk or the, you know, by the stoop and people come out and they'd stand at the door. We'd talk for a, a half a minute. We'd say a prayer. I bless. We'd conclude with a prayer. But a number of times people walked by, uh, strangers or neighbors, whatever. People happen to be just kind of coming by and like as we're saying a Hail Mary together, you know, or as I'm, you know, shooting the holy water toward them in their house. And it's like clearly this prayer moment. Like we were literally praying on this on the street. And it was just a it was a like that witness like was just was powerful. Like you could kind of see people, you know, looking like what's going on. And then in a step or two later they realized some kind of prayer thing is happening. And you know, sometimes they stopped kind of to be respectful of it. Um, it was just then kind of cool to see that the, the people who we were visiting to like, to continue. It was like, they're now saying in a very public way, this is important and, and God matters. And, you know, that's not like, uh, you're not going to get the Medal of Honor. It's not Medal of Honor heroism. But, but even that takes courage, I think, to just in a public, you know, it's easy to say an our father in church. We're all on the same team. It's funny, as soon as you step out, how almost immediately we all, so many of us, we just kind of get a little more self-conscious or maybe a lot more. And when you kind of pressed with it, it's, anyway, it's a good, I think that's like a, an objectively good thing that came from blessing the houses. Maybe more important than the blessing of the house was people taking a little more public ownership of their faith. And your point of, uh, it's not the middle, you're not going to win the medal of honor for something, but if it's, you know, if, if we're at the six, you know, when, when we're, when we're out of this, you know, we've seen kids who, when they go back from communion, you know, I, I watch the kids uh, from you know, the side and you can see when, when one kid or one girl goes back and she puts her, you know, she kind of just starts praying, close her eyes. Um, her friends like see that. Um, and they even know that's not seen as like, a courageous act of uh, like a soldier in battle. Um, it is, it is, it's not easy to, to do that and to show your friends this matters. Um, or at, you know, I work at Shaman and I'll hear, you know, before each lunch period, there's a chapel and kids can go to the chapel for like five minutes of adoration and then uh, go to lunch as a quick gospel reading. And you'll hear kids in the hall, uh, you know, talk to each other. Guys will be like, Oh, you're going to lunch. And, you know, the, the other guy might say, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to the chapel first. Though. You want to come? And those moments are like, um, they're small, but they're also groundbreaking because it's just that small invitation of, you know, I see that as the Holy Spirit moving through that kid um, in that moment of an invitation to someone else to say, come with me to, to the chapel before lunch um, is so powerful. And it's definitely to me like the Holy Spirit moving in these kids. You know, and when you're able, when you see that with a 15 year old, you just think, man, this, like this kid has got it, got it together on that level at 15. Like, you know, he or she continues that as they get older in terms of just making right decisions and deciding the company they're going to keep, like what are, who are legitimate friends versus sort of shallow friends, finding, you know, the girl, the boyfriend, having standards and saying, yeah, you know, I'm, it's just stuff that 
the certain ways I just, I would never be and things that I just, I'd never be okay with in, in another person and having kind of the confidence, you know, the confidence that took that kid at 14 to go into the chapel before lunch. That's like, it's, that's, that's like a cousin of the, of the, it's, of the, of the, of the, of the courage that it takes to say, yeah, I'll, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hang out with certain people anymore because every time I do, I just, I got regrets the next day. I compromise who I am. And, and if that means I'm not gonna have friends, as many friends as I used to, or I'll, I gotta make new friends. Like I'm gonna kind of go through this desert experience. Well, that takes courage to do that. Um, or I'm gonna break up with this person because I realize like, you know, he or she really isn't the one, um, but it's not black and white and it is hard to, you know, to now be without this person. But I know in the big picture, like this isn't really, this isn't the one for me. Like that, that takes enormous courage. There's lots of people who just, they cave to that because, you know, fear of being alone outweighs the prospect of marrying the wrong person becomes kind of a sad story. So anyway, I, I just think like a lot of these things, I think he's saying it, Mike, like he can trace it back. It's like, yeah, this is where this stuff began. You know, and it might have been. I want to run with that for a second because I think it's funny. You talk about courage and when we, when we think of virtues, courage is always the first virtue that's necessary for any other virtue because it's, all right, if I'm going to, do anything. I need to have the courage to make the decision to do it first. And, mm -hmm. and maybe the spirit is the source of that, like you're saying. Um, I want to, you know, we look at in Galatians chapter five, you know, St. Paul is talking about the, the, the Holy Spirit and what it means to live a life within the spirit and the signs that come with that. First, he lists the things that are definitely not of the spirit, right? So things like uh, hatred and jealousy and drunkenness and um, sexual immorality and um, licentiousness in general, right? All these things that are very clearly not of the spirit. Um, but then he goes into these things that kind of lead us toward the spirit or things that are always present when the spirit is present. Um, Mike, I want to see, can you go into those a little bit? Can you, um, and maybe talk about where you see them in the lives of the people around you, whether it be in church work or with your students at your high school that you teach? Yeah, I just, um, I just pulled up that Galatians 5, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, Paul, you know, the first one is love. Um, and just not necessarily, you know, I think a lot of times kids, when I'm working with kids, and every time we bring up the word love, it's, you know, especially with middle schoolers, it's like, oh, that's, you know, I'm not in love with anyone, or I don't have a girlfriend, or and they don't see it as a love of, you know, love is wanting what's best um, for someone else and then acting on that. And um, that's, that's what the spirit is. The spirit gives us the courage to act on that love. Um, and also just referring to like the Holy Spirit and thinking how we see it in scripture as like in Genesis, like the breath of the breath of God. And I always thought that was such an interesting way to put it. Um, like, I heard someone once say, um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, um, it was, the Spirit is the love that binds the Father and the Son. 
Um, and it's like when the father and the son who love each other so much see each other um, and are reunited, uh, there's like a gas. There's like a, they see each other and there's a, like there's a breath. And like, that's the Holy Spirit. And I always thought that was so, such a beautiful image. And like that concept made me think of personally for me, like when I first heard that, um, I got married about seven months ago. And uh, like when my the door opened and I saw my bride, like there was just a, like a, like a breath, um, like the spirit. Um, or, you know, you watch a, a great video of a soldier coming home and being reunited with their family. You can see like the wife or the child just like have a, have a, have a breath. Um, like that's the spirit. Um, today's day, I could, I would think that would be like, you know, a, a COVID patient seeing the nurse or doctor that treats them each day. And that breath of just knowing someone's at their side, um, the paraclete, the advocate, the advocate is there. Uh, I think it's such a beautiful image. And I see that with the kids all the time, how they, they're there for one, they're there for one another. And in difficult times, um, they, you know, we've had instances where, um, you know, I've been down in Long Beach as faith formation director for about, I guess, four or five years. Um, time flies when you're having fun, father, right? That's right. Uh, right. Uh, but, you know, there's just been instances where, you know, there's been times where tragedies have occurred um, in the community and we've seen the kids come together and, and have 20 minutes of adoration and prayer. Um, and it's just the opportunity. Once kids have the opportunity, people and everyone has the opportunity in those key moments, like for me, in my wedding or a soldier comes home or a patient, um, we see the spirit. Sometimes it's hard to see in the moment. Uh, but when we look back, we kind of we realize that it's God moving through our lives. It's the spirit that binds the father with the son. Well, you know what I think uh, like one of the jobs of well, kind of particular jobs of ministry people, if you, you know, church, church workers is to, uh, well, personally, just, you got to be good at naming those moments. Um, and just sort of connecting the dots, like we witnessing something like, you know, you, Mike, you, you see, you know, Sarah, your wife or your, in that moment, you're, not yet wife, like you're very, it's very easy to, to describe, you know, that moment. But everybody doesn't then say, uh, yeah, that moment where like your breath was almost taken away, that God is somehow wrapped, wrapped up in that or wrapped around that. I, um, and I just think that's, that's what's so important, I think, you know, for parents when they're, you know, when they're with, with their kids, like pointing out moments in the course of life that are not explicitly, you know, religious moments, but are, uh, you know, when you have this just awesome day with your family and everybody kind of knew it, everybody, everybody would affirm it. Nobody's going to argue that, but then to say, yeah, but like, we got to give God, we got to give thanks to God for this day. Like this wouldn't happen without God's goodness. Um, and I think the more we, and that's not just a parent to kid thing, but I think when kids hear that um, a lot, then they, you know, like everything else, you, that kid gets good at, at naming that. Um, Cause if we don't do that, I think then it's just, then we just say, yeah, like it was a great day or, 
yeah, that was a really great song. That concert we went to was, was a lot of fun. But then if you look at it, on a, you know, if you just you kind of like you probe a little bit deeper, kind of with the eyes of faith, then it's like, yeah, it was a great concert and it was a great walk on the boardwalk. Um, but I know God was part of that. And why is it? Why is it you think that people have a tough time recognizing those moments? Is it just? Uh, is it just distractions? Um, you know, people are distracted with the everyday goings on, going ons, and they're not able to kind of ref- have the time to reflect. Because I think during this time, it's like now is now is we'll never have an opportunity like we're living in right now. Like when will I ever have? enough time to be able to read the Bible more or pray more or, um, you know, pray before every meal. Like that was something that my wife and I said, you know, we're praying before every single meal. Like, I don't care. Usually, you know, I might get home at eight o'clock on a regular day after, you know, if I'm coaching or Sunday religious day, like, no, every meal we're praying before. Um, it's like, we have, this is a terrible time and I've been blessed where, my loved ones and my friends have been safe from this disease. Um, and I know a lot of people are struggling, but it, for some people, like it is a gift of time that we'll never be able to get back. And how can we, like now is a time to reflect on those Holy spirit moments, those God yeah. moments. Well, I mean, the people are doing like, every person I meet is telling me how clean their basement is and how clean their garages are because Again, kind of for obvious reasons, we got tons of time and all right, let, me be, let me be productive here, let me be product, productive there. And you talk to other people and they're saying, yeah, I've been running, I've been running every day, like they're you know, getting in shape and, or they're reading more, like they're doing, they're doing just the good stuff that, you know, when they're really at their best, they're doing a lot. They're now like, all right, let me, let me capitalize on it. Um, you know, a little bit like what you just said, even as simple as like the prayer thing, prayer before meals, like to, to add that to the mix as well. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to run more and I'm going to clean out the, the basement. But I, I, I'm going to, we're just going to try to be more God's God focused during these weeks. Like, so practically maybe just getting back to praying in ways that, you know, think about it. I, I always, I always find myself like with like the, the gym analogy where like, you know, we all have these moments where you're like, Hey, you're just in this crazy groove where, man, you just work it out and you're going and you're psyched and it kind of, it builds, it builds. And then all of a sudden along the way, it's like you drift away. And then the challenge is always, I got to get back. I got to get back sort of to that place. I mean, don't we do the same thing uh, spiritually? So I guess two points. One would be like, just to say, yeah, let me, let me, explicitly add this to the mix. Um, God during Corona, you know, like God during this time. Um, attack was my other point. Like, oh, and I think, and I think the more you do that, it's like, you know, you know, out of sight, out of mind, when you don't see somebody for a while, somebody you used to see a lot, they, they would pop into your head a lot. You'd reach out to them a lot. And then you still, you don't see them, you know, they moved, you went to one college, they went to another, you, whatever, whatever it is, not even a negative reason, you just kind of drifted apart. Well, I don't think about this person as much anymore. Or I don't see this person as much, so I really don't even think about them. And they just become distant. One of the, I think it's the same thing with God. So if, why aren't people 
able to kind of name those Holy Spirit moments, those God moments? Is it just because it's like, yeah, I just haven't been talking to this person. So they're not on my mind. And I'm, so I've become rusty. Like I'm just, and the, and the opposite happens when we're sharp with this stuff. Not that we're running around 24 seven, you know, naming God to everything, but when we're sharp and when we're in shape kind of spiritually, it's like, we make those connections, even if it's even if it's in our heads and in our hearts. Like we may not may not even be talking to people, although we probably should too. But you know, I think. Uh, I mean, you just said it's spot on. Like getting into a groove of prayer is is everything because we think about right the Trinity. Uh, the, you know, Mike brought that up before. And you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all one God, three persons within the God. And I know for me, the father and the son are a lot easier to kind of picture in my head as far as a person goes. I think the Holy Spirit, you kind of get this idea that it's like a ghost or it's like the fire that we hear about in Pentecost or, um, you know, something like the force from Star Wars. Everyone has their own little interpretation maybe of what it is, but it is a person. It is like the third person of the Trinity. And even what Mike was saying before about the breath and kind of the sigh that he lets out when he sees his, his uh, bride walking down the aisle at his wedding. I think that's an amazing, amazing depiction of kind of like the sigh of love that God sees in us as his creation. I also think of the other side that you might see from something, somebody you love when they disappoint you, right? Like if you have a kid at home or if one of your friends does something dumb or your, your kid breaks something and you see it and you're just like, are you serious right now? Like that kind of disappointed side too. And I think, you know, sometimes maybe God has that with us. Uh, Maybe that's him uh, seeing us and and wanting to send his spirit down to, to help us, you know, to help guide us where we're supposed to go. All of that, meaning that he is a person and that there needs to be a relationship there, like you're saying, because I mean, what is prayer really other than conversation with God and just kind of going back and forth with him in that. Um, Father Brian, what what recommendations do you have? So like I said, the father and the son might be a little easier to establish that relationship with just because we have these maybe more physical images in our mind of what those look like most of the time. But what would you say to somebody that wants to pray to the Holy Spirit specifically? How do you how do you do that? Which is very practically. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's, it's kind of interesting these days because we have less in, in, a, in a kind of a, an objective sense, we have less access to Jesus, at least in the Eucharist, um, because of the situation and not being able to get to Mass. So maybe in a way, it's, it's practically, it's, it's, it's probably a good time to say, let me, let me focus a little bit more on this third person of God, this third aspect. Um, well, even that's the spiritual communion, Father. I know you know, at Mass, you have that, that image when you're watching it of the spiritual communion. I think it says, nah, although I can't receive you sacramentally, um, I feel these come spiritually into my heart. Yeah. I think that's also a good image of the Holy Spirit. Like in today's, like we can't receive Jesus sacramentally, um, but spiritually, like when I'm watching Mass in my living room, like it's spiritual, it's not sacramental. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we are experiencing the Holy Spirit. Everyone who's... You know, virtually attending mass is kind of more in tune with God, the Holy Spirit, than necessarily Jesus in the sacrament. 
Yeah, like, you know, maybe unintentionally because this has been kind of thrust upon us. I mean, I was, I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago at Mass um, the story about the, uh, the paramedic from uh, Colorado. I think he was, I think he was a retired, he was a fireman for 30 years and right outside of Denver. And then I think he retired as a firefighter and then became a, a paramedic. And he may have even retired from that. He was in his 60s. So, you know, again, like in terms of not quite, you know, not really where it's kind of a dangerous age in terms of the, the virus. And uh, he, came, he came to New York. This was maybe three weeks ago at the height of it. And, he, um, and the guy died. Like he, he came here and I think he worked for about 20 days, started seeing uh, symptoms. And then a couple of days later, he was, he was dead. And, you know, just a couple of, just, I remember a couple of the quotes from his kids that just said, while their, their hearts are broken, you know, he died the way he lived. And uh, this is what he was, his whole life was about serving people. And, you know, we all hear that, and you know, like, holy God, like, he didn't even have to go. Like, he, it wasn't like he was uh, working in, in, in uh, Denver and he died. It was like, he, he, he came here or he came to, came to New York. And, and, and sacrificed his life. Like, I mean, to me, there's like, it's like, you know, where's Waldo? Like, fine, okay, so where's the Holy Spirit in that picture? And, you know, it's probably not a bad, if you're working with kids or something, or even adults, like, so how's, how do you, where do we see God in this picture? You know, there's no, there's no church, there's no sacrament, there's no, you know, religious symbols there's just this guy who did what he did how do we how do we see god's spirit in in what he did and i don't know maybe to kind of maybe kind of response to what you said ask sean like to how do we pray to the holy spirit um i don't know would one one part be like to ask for ask for greater awareness like help me to just help me to see things that I maybe typically wouldn't see or see them on a, on a deeper level um, and, you know, and see kind of God, you know, go back again to that, Mike, your story about your wedding day. Like, you know, what's that picture? Well, it's, 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 a, it's a picture of a, in a, you're in a church and there's a couple getting married and there's two sets of families and a bunch of friends, all, all this stuff. Like that's the picture. And if you painted a picture of it, that's what, that's what the picture is going to be. You know, but like in that picture, you can't really draw what you described about seeing Sarah when the door opened. You can't really draw that, but you won't deny it for anything. Like it was more real than anything to you. So it's like, help me to kind of see, I don't know, depth. Maybe is that a word? Like help me to a greater like, like depth, depth depth perception, is that what it is? Like, help me to see life through these eyes where I'm just, it's like, wow, like, that is God at work. And, and that, that's totally God. And, and that paramedic's selflessness. Like, and God is all over that. And you know what? And I'll, I'll, I'll shut up after this, but like, I don't know who that guy was. Like, that guy might be like, that guy might not even be a believer. I'll bet he is, but maybe he's not. That doesn't mean that, oh, okay, not, can't use that example. Yes, you can. 
God works through all of us, whether we know it or not, or even want it or not. So it's kind of like checking those boxes. Um, yeah. As we, uh, you know, as we come to Ascension Thursday and, you know, Jesus's kind of last words before he ascends to, to heaven. And um, like I know I had written down one verse, uh, John chapter 16, verse seven. And he says, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the spirit will not come to you. And it's that kind of hit me because it's like Jesus is saying, I have to go away. Like it's your advantage that I'm going to leave um, because the Holy Spirit's going to come to you. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come to you. And it just shows how powerful the Holy Spirit is that Jesus is going to go, but the Spirit's going to come to us. Mm -hmm. um, and that, con you know, his last words of that, I'm with you always. Um, Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit. And again, I promise my wife didn't tell me to like to mention our wedding day over and over again. I promise. <laughs> but this is another quick, quick story that my, uh, it's not really about my wife. It's about my mom. So maybe, maybe I shouldn't say it. But anyway, um, it was when I had to dance with my mom um, at the reception. Like one of the most powerful kind of moments in my life with my mom. And I remember um, dancing, you know, with her to this. It was very, you know, slow song. We were basically just hugging. She was very emotional. And I remember her saying, uh, you're still going to come visit me, right? Yeah. And I said, of course, mom. I'm always going to come visit you. And she said, I'm always here. And like, that's, that's an example of God in our life. Like that is God. Like my mom in that moment is literally the Holy spirit is literally God saying, I'm always here. Like, and it's also my, my, my mom saying to me, like, I'm going to let, like, I'm going to let you go because the love you're going to have with your wife and God willing a family one day is, is the ultimate. Um, and like, that's to me, that, that moment is completely comparative to Jesus saying, I'm going to go, um, but I don't need to be here with you physically. The Holy Spirit's going to be with you. Um, and that kind of is, you know, just the Holy Spirit is always with us. And that's kind of the key to our faith, right? Is no matter what happen, happens to us, no matter what we're, we go through, um, he's at our side. God is at our side. Well, that's a, that's a, that's that's an awesome image. Um, you know, and there's kind of like a sadness. Like, I think even, you know, like kind of keep going with it, like sort of like weddings. And uh, I remember, I remember doing a wedding for a uh, performing wedding for one of my, one of my best friends growing up. And uh, I remember looking at uh, a couple of twice, I think, or oh, once or twice during the mass, I was sort of looked out and I saw my friend's mom, um, Mrs. O'Sullivan. And she was a very, uh, normally it was like a super happy, super kind of extroverted. She was a lot of fun. And she just kind of had this, I wouldn't say sad, but like kind of like a, a serious sort of pensive expression uh, at a couple of moments. And I just kind of noticed that. And then three hours later, we're at the reception and I, I kind of saw it again. Uh, and, and then we were, we were talking and I said, Mrs. O, you you seem, uh, yeah, you kind of don't like, I, I, maybe I even said sad, or, or I probably said you don't seem yourself. And she responded and she said, yeah, well, there is a little bit of, there is a little bit of sadness today. And I 
was kind of naive, I guess. And I said, well, like, why? I'm thinking something happened. And she said, she said, I'm losing Danny, like her son, my friend. He, um, you know, not losing him completely, but like things are changing. And I think in her heart, like, the, you know, there's now there, it was what we totally celebrated that day was there's another person in Danny's life, another woman in his life who's most important, you know, and it wasn't a jealousy thing. It was, it wasn't a, it was totally appropriate. It was beautiful. It was like selfless. Like she wasn't resisting it or arguing against it. Like it was totally like, no, nah, this is, this is good and this is right and this is needed, but it's also like a little sad from her, from a mother's perspective. And I don't know, some of that, you know, Mike, your mom kind of asking that question of you, like, what, is that, was that sentiment floating around the room when Jesus was saying to these guys, I have to go and they didn't want him to go. Um, or even, even you saying that just, what about like, we always think about, you know, the apostles watching Jesus. Um, but what about like going from Jesus's eyes to the apostles? Like Jesus was probably like, these are my, these are my friends. Like I love, I love these people. Um, and I don't, I can't speak for God, but I can imagine him in that moment. He's, he's leaving them. He will never have that physical relationship like he did with them ever again, where he can, you know, have a meal with them and be with them. And kind of like that, that mom saying like things are changing. Um, and even though it might be a little sad, it is, it is ultimately for, for the better. Right. You know, and, and should that, you know, it's funny, you go, go over, you wouldn't see this mic with high school, I hope, but you, you see it with, in, a, in a grade school with, uh, you know, first graders or kindergartners, like on the first day of school and when the kids are being dropped off and, you know, take a look at the parents that are standing at the bus stop uh, or standing in front of the school when the kids are leaving, like there's a, especially if it's their first kid, like they're, you can tell as a part of this mom that wants to keep the kid at home, like she wants to, you know, hold on to him and just have him or her with her. But like, you know, it's like, there's a selflessness. There's a, there's just like a necessary. And I think like, if you're, if you're a person of faith and you, know, you hear that gospel, you hear these words of Jesus to the apostles and this advocate and this leaving and all of that kind of stuff. Like maybe you're the, when you're that mom or that dad and you're, you're tempted to cling to someone in some way that you really shouldn't at this point, you know, maybe a gospel like that or the words that might be said at a mass is what kind of reminds this person that I need to, I need to be okay with this. Like it's not easy and my heart doesn't want me to do it, but I know, I, I know it's right. Like I heard you know, if you're hearing that then maybe you're less open to, to letting go, you know, and you're, you're, you're clinging to your kid. And as a, re, as a result, your kid is like this, you know, kind of a weirdo who's never got, you know, mom is still changing the kid at uh, you know, fifth grade. Like, crazy, they're not letting the kid go. Um, it's a gross image. I'm sorry. Apologize. <laughs> or I, I heard a principal say once, like the first week or two of nursery, and it was like, it's, the, it's like the hardest thing for the parents. Like the kids are crying and they don't want to go because it's the first days of school. And the principal says to the, like, the parents all the time, like, you have to leave. Like the kid, if he continues to see you, 
he's not going to be able to let go and he's not going to be able to move on. He's not going to be able to do this every day. And it's like you know, Jesus needed Jesus needed to ascend to heaven to send us the spirit. Those kids need to, you know, the parents need to leave so that the kids can grow. Um, I, I think is also kind of like an image of, of the Holy Spirit. Right. I keep this whole conversation is making me think about that Galatians chapter five that we had referred to before. Right. And really for everybody listening, I would encourage you to go read chapter five of Galatians from St. Paul. But he says, uh, verse 13, you were called for freedom, but don't use that freedom to serve the flesh, but rather use it to serve in love. Right. And, and I think that's it. Like, God, through the Holy Spirit, wills each of us into existence and made in his image and likeness. But he gives us the freedom to choose whether or not to follow him and to accept him into our life. And something as simple as an overbearing parent who is just forcing themselves on their kid and not letting their kid mature, grow on their own. That's maybe choosing to serve or choosing to use your freedom for the flesh to serve your own selfish desires, to serve your own base desires, instead of serving love, which is, you know, loving the way that God loves, which is, you know, like Mike said before, willing the best for that person, regardless of how it affects you. Um, So, I don't know, like everything you guys are saying, it's like taking the time, to me at least, looking to to the Holy Spirit in prayer means taking the time to ask the Spirit to guide me right? Um, the simplest prayer that, you know, I think you can say for the Holy Spirit is just the words, come Holy Spirit. Um, I know I try to say that in my prayer all the time, because if I can do that, then I'm starting it off saying, Holy Spirit, come and show me what you want me to see, you know, whether it's in my own personal prayer, whether I'm reading scripture or whatever it is. It's like, God, just let me know what it is that you think I should be doing or where I should be going in my prayer right now. Because I, I can't decide that for myself, and I'm only going to project my own insecurities and my own desires on it. So why don't you come on in here and show me what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. And I think that, 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 that idea, Sean, is, is, and that, that image of asking is so powerful, too. It's like we, like we think of everything, I think sometimes, especially myself, like what is God, like what does God want me, to, where is he pushing me to? But like, we have to, it's a two-way street. We have to also ask God to come and ask the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and to guide us. It can't just be, I think a lot of people don't, don't see it as that two-way street where it's, it's us in conversation with God and in conversation with the Spirit, not just, well, you know, God did this to me or God put this into my life and now I don't know what to do. It's, it's asking God for guidance through those times. It's not just... God acting on us. And I also wonder if, um, like, discomfort, like, uh, discomfort, you know, not, you know, being uncomfortable, um, you know, like that, that's kind of maybe like a kind of an important, I don't know if it's even a concept, but just the idea, like, I think God leads us often, or he wants us to go to go places, you know, that, that are, that are going to be unfamiliar um, and that are going to be met with sometimes certainly challenge, maybe even opposition and uncertainty. 
But like in that and through that, like that's where there's like, that's where there's growth in life most of the time, isn't it? You know? Um, and I think, Father, I think didn't, um, or maybe Sean would know, or maybe we can look it up. Is Galatians one of like the, um, the prison, prison letters of Paul where he's in, like he's going through suffering when he's writing about all of these mm-hmm. positive traits of the Holy Spirit and what, what it means. And I, I, I think it might be, I don't know if it's Galatians, but I know he's, he, some of the letters that we read from Paul are when he's literally in prison and like prison in the year, whatever, 80 was probably pretty, pretty rough. Um, and he's writing about all these things about what we need, how we need to, uh, to act and who the Holy Spirit is, who Jesus is. And, and he's in prison in the year 80, you know? Right. Well, you know, it's funny today, uh, the mass, today's mass, um, Acts of the Apostles, and he's in prison um, with Silas. And uh, there's an earthquake, and the earthquake breaks open freezing uh breaks open the gates to the jail they're in, they're in chains the chains are busted open and they have the opportunity to escape and uh but they don't because they, they can they're looking at the reaction of the jailer the jailer if these guys escaped the jailer would have committed suicide because he would have been executed for having let these guys go under his watch and they're aware of this so they stay uh, and, and, and this jailer recog- sees that. He sees that and ultimately, well, it, very shortly after that, um, they start talking and this guy and his family are, are, are baptized. Um, you know, and most, I think, look at it and they say it wasn't, it wasn't really Paul's amazing words and it wasn't the miracles that started to be attributed. Uh, it was the fact that they were authentic. Like they, they were able to look at this, this particular guy in need and they didn't escape. You know, the desire to escape jail, like you said, at that time, it must've been beyond awful. Um, and that's what changed hearts. Like that's kind of like where evangelization happened. These people, this guy who maybe, maybe had no interest in or interest at all in, in who Christ was, saw something in these guys that st- struck his heart and it shifted kind of his, his perspective. And I also love how that story is a, like, I'm a, his, I'm a history teacher and I try to tell the kids all the time, like our faith is based, it's it, based on history. Like Jesus is a real person. Uh, Paul is a real person. Right. Uh, and like his letters are historical documents. It's not, it's not a fairy tale. It's not, um, you know, going back 6,000 years and looking at some text that was uh, you know, orally passed down. Like this is, this is history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul's witness is proving, you know, Jesus is God. He rose from the dead and his witness is what transforms and his letters are what transforms Europe and then the world. So it's like, that's the spirit moving at that point. When point Paul's writing, like the spirit is moving through Paul and converting people by hundreds and then thousands and changing the world forever. Hey, uh, absolutely. There's absolutely, you know, historical, personal details to these stories. And Mike, I hate to say it, that Galatians is not one of the the prison epistles. Um, Uh, You had to look it up. I had to, man. You know, I had to know. We had to know for our listeners. A little biblical trivia, right? Those four epistles that Paul wrote from prison, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. So we'll keep that in mind. (laughs) 
Um, we'll, we'll start to wrap up here. We won't, let's get to some final points uh, with regards to conversation. Um, Mike, we'll go to you first. I want to hear, uh, just cap on the conversation. What do you want to say to the listeners today before we? Um, I think, I think I would just say, you know, God is, Jesus is going to send the Holy Spirit, um, to be with us always. And I think the key takeaway from the spirit is just that word always, um, that he's, the spirit's always with us. Uh, We can always ask for the spirit's guidance, guidance and, um, God, no matter what do we feel, uh, what we feel like we're going through good times, bad, whatever it is, he's always, he's always right by our side. Uh, that's awesome. Um, for myself, I would say, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Thomas Merton. He was a Trappist monk, um, became pretty popular in the mid 1900s. And he had, he focused a lot on this whole idea of contemplation and the idea that, you know, sent, finding the center where God is creating you in the moment, um, is, is where you find him wherever you are, you know, whether you're walking down the street or sitting in a chapel or at work typing on a keyboard, um, keying in on, you know, where God is operating at that moment in his, you know, kind of recurring constant creation of you in through that love through the Holy spirit. So I would encourage people to just, you know, take the time to do that. Um, I know that, you know, I would recommend looking something up like the Jesuit examine at the end of the day. It's just a really good way to reflect on the day and, understand where the spirit might've been working in your life. Um, Google Jesuit examine and it walks you through how to pray that kind of prayer. Um, so that'd be my word of advice to, to the crowds here. Um, Father Brian, final points. I was thinking, uh, you know, the, the gifts of the Holy spirit, um, two, two of them that I find myself kind of referencing most and thinking about, I guess, is, uh, courage and wisdom. Just, um, just seems. Well, I mean, they're all cl- obviously real important, but you know, wisdom and courage, like to ask and regularly asking for the wisdom to to know, like where to go and who I who I need to be, um, where I should be at this time in my life, where I should be going, that kind of stuff, and and then. I think when we, if we're sincere about that request and we get insight, you know, I think often enough it's going to then be like, okay, I, I think maybe I do know I've got, I've got some wisdom here about what God wants of me. And often enough, it's going to going to require courage because it's just, it's not going to be easy. Um, it's going to be way worth it, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. And I think a lot of times that's when we, when we, we bail, uh, when we start to recognize the the fact that it's not easy, we we just sort of we pack it in. Um, so it's like you know, give me the give me the courage then to to respond to the first question. You know, what you want of me? Okay, now I think I know. Now give me the courage to do it. So yeah, maybe those two things. Um, guess I'd also ask. I'm going to say a special prayer that. Uh, Sean, you do something about that mustache, and Mike, you consider ditching the beard. I have no intention of cutting my hair anytime soon. Do you I, really want? Are you afraid to go to I, the barber? Or do you really I think want? It's Holy Spirit driven. This, this kind really? of this look, and just it's not, it's not changing. 
It's not getting darker. <laughs> you're like you're like Samson. You cut your hair, you lose your ability to do anything. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll ignore the mustache thing. Mike's out here getting brownie points with his wife and his mom, and you're out here ripping on everybody's facial hair. So. Well um, played. Before we close up today, just a reminder, uh, you can continue watching these every time we record and post our podcast at www.beachcatholic.com slash TV and facebook.com slash St. Mary of the Isle. If you have any suggestions or questions for topics that we can cover in the future potentially, feel free to drop them in a comment under this video here, or you can text a question to 516-908-2234. Again, that number is 516-908-2234. You can only text that number, you cannot call it but if you shoot a text to that number with either a topic or a question, we may cover it on the show. So, Father Brian, do you want to close us out in prayer? Sure. Let us pray. God, we ask you to, uh, to be with us. Help us to, uh, to know your will. We ask you to, you know, in a particular way, to continue to bless those who are, who are less fortunate, most especially those who are um, grieving the loss of people who died in this, in this time. We pray for those who are continue to struggle with the, uh, the, the disease, with the, with the virus, and uh, pray for, for healing, for healing and for hope, especially as we uh, enter into these uh, Pentecost days. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Good job. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Know of our prayers for you. And uh, also just thank you to Mike for joining us this week. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, thanks. All right. Thanks, thanks again, everybody. We'll, we'll see you next time.